pray for me this morning. Um, this sermon that the Lord's put on my heart, it touched me this, this week as I was preparing for it, but I'm quite nervous about delivering it. Uh, you see, I'm just flesh and blood, but this morning I pray that God will just use me. Uh, but if you want to be turning to Hebrews chapter 4, Hebrews chapter 4, I want to tell you a little bit of what's in Hebrews chapter 3. For the sake of time, we won't read it, but uh, I'll kind of catch you all up. The Hebrew writer here is writing to the, the nation of the Hebrew children, and he's telling them here to look back into the time of Moses and how faithful God was to them the whole time they were enduring their time there uh, in the wilderness, but how even though they continued to be unfaithful to him, he was, he, he was faithful to his children. And uh, even though they, they tempted him, he proved himself and saw uh, that they saw his glory and his works for over 40 years uh, during their time in the wilderness there. And that's important to know as we get in here into Hebrews chapter 4. My title for this morning's sermon is How to Live in a Dying World. You see, uh, you can look at the news and become discouraged. You can look at the immorality around us and become defeated. You can look at the lost in the world and become depressed. But you can look to God and find joy. How do we live in a dying world? is by finding the source in which we can find life. And so here in Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, and if you could stand for the reading of God's word this morning in honor, the initial reading here, in Hebrews chapter 4, starting in verse 1, it says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if he shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake in a certain place of the seventh day on the wise and God did rest the seventh day from all of his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying, David, today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if ye will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterward have spoken of another day. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for all of your many blessings. Lord, we thank you for the faithfulness of our God and our Savior. Lord, I pray that here today, Lord, if there is someone here that doesn't know about all of those songs that we sung about prior to me preaching, Lord, or they don't know you in a relationship aspect of knowing you in their heart, Lord, I pray that today will be that day. Lord, I pray that you'll be here for those that have become discouraged, those that have become tired and hungry. Lord, we pray that you will encourage them with your word. 
Lord, help them to find rest in your name and in your promises and in your covenants. Lord, help us to look to you this morning. Lord, it's not going to be me that brings a great message, Lord, but it will be the power of your Holy Spirit, Lord, that speaks to each and every heart. And Lord, I pray that in every case, Lord, that none of us leave as though that we came in. But Lord, that we'll leave shouting and praising your name and glorifying you. Not filling our mouths with, with, with just our daily traditions and our daily uh, habitations. But Lord, that we will leave with a passion for you that is unlike any other. Lord, I pray today that today is a day that we find rest in a relationship with you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to start off today with saying that I'm glad that all of you are here, but most importantly, I hope you are not here for someone else or another, uh, any other reason, but for the fact of getting closer to God this morning. You see, I want to say this, that the world gives us so many different trials in so many different ways. Satan will use everything around us from, unfortunately, sometimes our, our kids will distract us on the way to church and it seems like everyone's angry at everybody. Or somebody said something this morning and it just didn't sit right and, and, and unfortunately we're not in the right headspace. And that's exactly where Satan wants you this morning. And the greatest thing that you can do before we start getting into this message is saying, Lord, help me this morning to hear from you. Help me to receive your spirit. Help me to, to hear and to grow closer to you. And if you're here and you're lost today, I will say this. Quit making excuses. Quit making excuses for not coming unto salvation. I sat for many years and, and I, I thought that my relationship was where it needed to be. And I didn't realize that I was needing a better relationship with Jesus Christ. I needed to renew that that. that that commitment that I had made when I asked Jesus Christ into my heart and I come and, I, and there's even a time of, and maybe that's some of you here today, you need a renewal this morning. Do not make up an excuse here. I'm just going to preach a few minutes, but after I get done preaching, I want you to, this to stick in your mind, if nothing else. That's why I'm saying it first. Because if you need this this morning, it is found, rest is found at this altar. It is found under the name of Jesus Christ. Don't be like Martha and trying to busy yourself with everything outside there in the world and missing the most important part, and that is being fed from the Word of God, from, from His own Spirit coming down and dwelling with you. I can preach till I'm blue in the face, but unless you know that Spirit deep inside of your soul, you do not have the relationship with Jesus Christ that you need this morning. You say, brother, what do you mean? He's telling them here that there will be rest for the believer. In verse 1 it says, Let us therefore, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. I once had a conversation with my brother-in-law last year. It was around Christmas time. We only see him probably about once a year because he pastors a church in Ahoski, North Carolina. And he brought this to my attention. Uh, he's working on his doctorate degree. He's much smarter than I am. But he had heard this statistic, and he was sharing it with me, that over 70% of the church is actually lost. That leaves 30% of the church that has an actual relationship with Jesus Christ. 
And he asked me this. He said, if you actually look at the people that have joy inside of the church nowadays, he said, I would actually argue, and he said, this is just me thinking, but that it could actually be closer to only 10% of the church actually being saved. And as I thought about this this week and I read this, I think a lot of people are missing the mark because we have this thought process of, uh, I I have come to church, I have paid my tithes, I have uh, repeated after the preacher, and I'm saved, I'm good to go. But I want to say this this morning, that unless you have found rest in the name of Christ and you have an actual relationship with Him daily, you will find no rest. You say, what do you mean by that? In this world, Satan is battling us every single day of our lives. He's firing things in our way, emotions. He's he's bringing in trials. He's bringing in temptations. He's bringing in distractions into our homes. He does everything that he can with, with TV and social media and, and, and work and, 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 and having to take care of our, our families, so to speak, by building our houses and, and making sure that we have everything in order. But we're sometimes missing the mark and saying that rest is found in Jesus Christ within the bounds of this, this living, breathing word. It's found in prayer. It's found in that relationship with Jesus Christ. He's saying here in this verse that he has promised us of entering into his rest, but should any of you seem to come short of it? You see, he says in his word, and he says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. He says in his word that, that by the... By believing upon Him and by first receiving Him. And, and I want to make sure, this, this some may sound kind of basic, but to be honest, I think we're kind of missing the basic marks in a lot of ways. Being here in this church does not make you a Christian. Being uh, tithing and, and, and being uh, a certain political stance or being a lot of different ways does not make you a Christian. Reading certain scriptures and and, and thinking about it does not make you a Christian. Making sure that you ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins, to take that which is perverted. Sin perverts our relationship with Jesus Christ. It, it, It makes us unclean. The only way to get unclean and to let go of those unfilthy rags is to to ask for forgiveness. But once we do that, we can truly rest in his name. For he says here in verse 2, For unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them. But the word preached did not profit them that did not mix it with faith that heard it. You have to believe. Not just because someone preached it, not because just someone told you, but because down in your heart you believe that Jesus lived, Jesus died, and Jesus rose again. Not only that, but you must have faith to accept that He will take your sins and cast them as far as the east is to the west and take them forever away from you. Not for you to go back and dwell back within the bounds of that sin, but so that you can be separated out from it and have a purpose with Him and a relationship with Him. It says here in verse 3, For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he has said, as 
I have sworn in my wrath. If they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. You see, from the foundation of the world, God has tried to get us to be able to have that time period of rest, just as He had in the garden. You see, on the seventh day, He needed that time of rest to renew His, uh, uh, just to renew Himself and to build Himself up. And, and God doesn't need anything, but yet He took that time because He knew how important it was. I want to say this here today, that for us to live in a dying world, God has to be our number one priority. That doesn't just mean here within the bounds of this building. That means in every facet of our lives. I'm here to tell you today that we are fighting a battle, and in order to survive the battle, we must realize who the the general is. Who's giving the orders? Who already knows how it's going to end? Who's already placed everything in, the pla- in place from the foundation of the world? He knew the struggles that you would have from before you were born. It says in, in the Bible, it says that before we were born, he knew the number of hairs on our head. In Jeremiah, he said, I, I, before you were born, I knew what... I wanted to do with you, plans to prosper, plans to grow you. The thing is, today, we do not allow God to work in our lives because we're so caught up with everything else, and that relationship is fading. That's why when these so-called things happen, such as COVID and and, and so many different things that I don't want to focus on, but I'm going to mention them because I believe this without a shadow of a doubt. Depression comes because we do not facet our lives around the relationship with Jesus Christ. Fear comes because we do not trust God with everything because that relationship is not what it needs to be. Our churches are dwindling because people are not discipling in the way they need to because that relationship is not the way that it needs to be. I'm telling you this here today because there's been a short time of go, and I'm telling you, I still struggle every day. The thing is, I have to drop to my knees and say, Lord, help me right now. Help me to focus on the relationship with you and not everything else. A man cannot be a good husband, and I say this after being married for four years because I didn't get it at first. A man cannot be a good husband until at first he realizes that the relationship with God has to be good at all times because you don't want the fleshly man to come out. The fleshly man will not always treat his wife the right way. The fleshly man will let anger get to him. The fleshly man will will let things falter. If you do not bow down and read God's word and renew your relationship with him daily, you will falter, you will fade, you will fall. And I'm telling you here today that the only way to get a better relationship with Jesus Christ is to rest in his name. To rest in salvation. To rest in knowing that you don't have to have all the answers to every single question. You don't have to fix everything that falters. Because he's got a plan. He's ahead of it. He says here that he knew what was he knew the rest that he wanted to give you. And it was finished from the foundation of the world. He cares so much about you 
that he would send his only begotten son. And I'm going to share a little bit about that here in a minute. And I don't want to get ahead of myself. But he cares so much about you that he doesn't want you to worry about everything in this world. You say, what do you mean, brother? If you're here today and you are so distracted from the truth that those songs, you couldn't get anything from it. The scripture that I've read, you're like, that's just so confusing. I, I don't understand it. Or maybe you're here today and you're saying, I, I just, uh, did you hear what so-and-so did? Did you hear all about this and all about that? And here in a few minutes, when we get done preaching and we're doing an altar call, you're like, I wish they'd hurry up. It's because that relationship with God is not where it needs to be. You say, I just can't get anything out of my prayer life. I, I feel like I've struggled to pray, and, and I've talked to a few here lately about prayer a lot. You don't have to say eloquent words. You don't have to be the loudest prayer. You don't. It comes from the heart. And when you start to pray from the heart, and you become comfortable in the fact that you're not praying to pray for anybody else, you're not praying so that they hear this great, good person praying. You're praying because you're wanting to talk to God. And when that starts to, to resonate with yourself and you start to build upon that and you start to realize the truth that there's behind it, you start to find rest in that. You say elaborate. Okay. There's been many times that I've had trials and something hard hit me. I've been confused, and there was one time in high school, I was struggling. Uh, you know how high school kids are. They get their minds on stuff, and they think they know everything. That was me. And the Lord just took me down some pegs, brought me down and humbled me a little bit. And that night, I was struggling emotionally, physically. I was just broken. And I got in my truck, or my dad's truck, uh, and I closed the door. I started driving back toward home. How I made it home, I cannot tell any of you. It's because I was just crying. If somebody had passed me on the road, they probably would have thought, this guy's going insane. Because not only was I crying, but I was praying. They probably thought I was talking to myself. But I'm here to tell you that in that moment, in the bounds of that truck, there was a peace that passes all understanding that come down upon my soul. And God was everywhere else at the same time. There wasn't nothing special about me. But he communed with me. He dwelt with me. There was a relationship there that said, I know what you're going through. I know the, the pain. This world is not easy, but I will be here to walk through it with you. You see, Jesus said, that they have hated me, so will they also hate you. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean your life's going to be any easier. It's going to be hard. This world is plagued by the, the trials and the, and the frustrations of sin itself. And it will never be cleansed from it completely. The world is broken. It, it's depraved. But he said, if I go... And he was talking about when he was going to die, when he was going to uh, ascend up into heaven. He said, if I go, not, I, not will I, I'm just going to leave you for a short amount of time, but I will not leave you comfortless. I will send you the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit real quickly this morning because I feel like oftentimes it's absence, absent from our conversations. It's absent from our daily walk. 
It's absent from everything around us. And we start to get to the point that we wonder where God is. And we start to wonder what's going on. And in fact, we forget that he's sitting right with us. He's just waiting for us to let him be a part of our daily lives instead of just a few minutes of, of once a week. I'm telling you here today that if you are saved and you are abiding in a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you do not allow God to move in your life throughout the week, you are hindering the most powerful spirit that's upon this earth. And that is the presence of God. And I'm telling you here today that I believe most of the time this is the most will, ill-equipped era in the history of mankind as far as being equipped since the ascension of God into heaven since the early days. What do you mean? Okay. I'm just going to be completely frank and completely honest as God's telling me to speak this morning. We are not going to see a great revival We're not going to see our churches exploding with people getting saved until the people that are saved can say glory to God. You see, Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, nothing ever went his way, but he always praised God. I'm telling you here today, we have a reason to praise God, and that is for the rest that we can find in his name. That's why we should come to church. We shouldn't come to church because Papa come here. We shouldn't come to church because this is where I've always sat. We shouldn't come to church because uh, I, I've done my dues, I've done my time, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to watch the preacher preach, and I'm going to watch the singer sing, and I'll just be just fine right here. We shouldn't sing because we enjoy it, because it's something that we're comfortable doing. We shouldn't get up and preach a message because we like being up at the front in front of everybody. I'm telling you right now, I'm extremely uncomfortable saying this, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it because I feel the Lord's leading me to do it. Unless we can get excited for the fact that God saved us, why would anybody else want a piece of that? I'm telling you here today, He saved us. We should not ask one more thing from Him but for the fact that He saved us and He sent His Son to die for us. And that is all we should need. Instead of saying, Lord, I need a better job right now. I need need everything. For one minute in our lifetime, we must realize that the salvation of Jesus Christ is more than we ever deserved. And for one moment in our lives, we should realize that we don't deserve to even be spoke and be seen in the glory of God. And if we saw him right now and he come down upon the midst of us, we should all drop dead because we wouldn't be able to bask in the glory of God because of our filthiness and because of our sins. And you're saying, brother, why are you getting so passionate? Because God saw it fit to come down to a five-year-old boy, to send his spirit down to him and speak to that child and say, my child, would you like to know Jesus as your Savior? And the filthiness that I've done since then. And I've realized that I don't deserve to be able to say glory to God. But I can because of the faithfulness and the forgiveness of a gracious Lord upon a cross that died and dwelt there on the cross because He loved me. I have no business talking about anyone else because if I can't realize what God did for me and realize my relationship with Him, that's what my concentration should be on. 
If you're here today and all you've been able to do all week is talk about so-and-so and so-and-so down the street, start looking at your own relationship with Jesus Christ. We're supposed to lift each other up, to build each other up, to, to be thankful for the rest that we can find in His name. There were so many years that I had everything so wrong, and I would think that uh, if I read my Bible and... Uh, I did scripture with my family, and if I did everything just the way it ought to be done, I'd be okay. When in really realization, all I had to do was come to Jesus' feet and say, Lord, feed me this morning. And when he fed me, I was able to feed somebody else. And when I'm connected to God, I can be used for him. But let me tell you what, if I'm not connected to God and I don't realize my relationship with him is in the manner that it needs to be, I'm doing nothing for the cross. I'm doing it all for myself. You say, what do you mean? I believe we've got Christianity completely twisted in some ways. It's about what God can do for me and how God can make me comfortable and not realizing that He saves us, He gives us rest, He directs our lives, and if something bad happens, He'll be there to walk through it with us. Because I'm going to tell you right now, there's not a one of us here in this room that will not have something bad happen to us at least once in our lives. The death of a loved one. A death of, of anyone in our lives. A loss of a job. A loss of a marriage. A loss of joy. Depression. Fear. The only way to defeat that is finding rest. Finding hope. Finding joy. Finding something to sing about, finding something to read about, finding something to talk to someone about, about other than worldly things. I'm telling you what, the older I'm getting, the more I just want to talk about the Bible, and I don't want to talk about anything else when I leave this building. Because I'm telling you, nothing else is worth my time, nor my effort. Because it all fades away, it all goes away. Good times come, bad times come, but I can't let good times or bad times affect my relationship with God. If I did that, I'd be up and I'd be down and I'd be up and I'd be down because I've been there. Church, I've been there. I did not fully rest in Jesus' name. Clarify. Okay. Verses 9 through 13. I'm going to read them real quickly. You can read them with me if you want to. But please, if anything else, just listen to these few words and I'm not going to go much much longer. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works as God did from his. Let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing of asunder of a soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and it's 
and it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do, who he has to do. I'm telling you here today, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, this word will get you through everything that you ever go through. And you say, brother, how do you know? If you have fear, he said in Joshua 1.9, he said, have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage, for as I, for as I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. He says, um, and you say depression. He says, put the joy in the, in, in the light into the Lord and not into the things of the flesh. We can look into uh, the scripture and we can find that, uh, that, that when it comes to death, we have to realize that for by grace are you saved through faith. And if you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord, you have a reason to rejoice and not be fear unto death. I'm telling you here today, for everything that Satan can throw at you, God has an answer for here in this word. The problem is we use it as a dust collector and not a heart collector. And you say, what do you mean? David said this as, I think, a heed of warning because there was times David did not listen to this. When he wrote, he said... These very words, he said, Hide thy word in thy heart, that thou mayest not sin against him. David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because every time that man failed, which he failed a lot, but so have we. He failed a lot. What did he do? He repented. He grieved himself. He saw what sin was. He saw who God was, and he was going to make sure his heart followed God so why was he man after God's own heart because he searched for God's heart he searched to make the wrongs right he searched to get closer to God every way that he could and by the end of it I think David did see that and so can we we have to run we have to seek God we have to pursue him and when we do that the things in our lives that we think we have no answer for start to answer themselves. Everyone that I've ever known that's had a trial after it's over, they look and they'll say, God was good. I realize that now. I've never heard someone go through a trial and say this. He never did answer my prayer. He was never there. And to the few that that might happen to, I think it's fair to say this, were you ever there for him? Did you ever run to him like you should? Say, here today, there is rest here at these altars. There's life at these altars. And you say, I don't understand it. I was a teenager, younger years, at college, even today. When my heart is troubled and I step out with just a little bit of faith and I make a few steps to the altar, normally three things happen. I start crying because I can't stop. I start praying and then I feel God's touch. Why? Because I sought his heart not what I wanted not what glorified me not something that just made my life a little bit easier here on this earth but I sought to hear from God himself 
to say this this morning. And please, please, if you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. Quit seeking answers amongst preachers. Quit seeking answers among church itself. You say, well, what are you getting at? Seek answers at the feet of Jesus. Seek answers at the words that are in this Bible. Seek answers through relationship with Jesus Christ. Seek answers. Seek peace. Seek rest under His name. He's already laid it all out. He's already defeated death. Death, where is thy sting? Where is thy footstool? He's defeated it. The question is today, are you willing to have a better relationship with Jesus Christ than you had when you entered the door? Are you willing to let these uh, things that you're dealing with in your heart go? Can you step out by a little bit of faith and come to an altar and pray to God and give them to Him? To Him. I don't know how many times I would sit in the pews and listen to a preacher preach and expecting them to give me an answer on how to fix my life. I'm here to tell you that everything that I say or that I should say is found in this word. The answers are in here. The answers are in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Not because I'm just a special person because I'm a preacher. I'm just as any other man uh, seeking this life and doing this life the best that I can in obedience to God. But I'm telling you here today that in His Word is found rest. In a relationship with Him is found rest. I know I'm repeating that a lot, but I don't think anybody gets it. It's the fact that are you, do you know Jesus Christ in more? Than just a surface level. What's preached about. What's, what's shown on TV. Do you know him? You say how do I know if I know him? When you pray. You will feel him. When you read your word. You will see him. When you Actively seek the heart of God as though it is gold, meaning more than just here today. You will see him because it said this, that to those that seek him with all their heart, they will find him. This morning, if everyone would stand, every head bowed and every eye closed. If the musicians and, 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 and the song leader would get a invitation ready. I started off with prefacing that this world is hard. Job said that unto birth a man is born and his days are full of trouble. Let me tell you what, sin has touched every one of our lives. It is it is disrupted thing. It has made anger. It's made unforgiveness. It's made pride dwell up to the fact that it's competing for that relationship with God. I'm telling you here today, if you are struggling with any facet of this life, 
this altar is open to you, whether you're here and you're hungry to hear from God this week. And, and maybe you just said, I need to pray more. I need to get my prayer life back on check. I, I need to get my, my Bible reading back on check. And I need to get my relationship renewed. I need to feel that fire, that unction for the Holy Spirit. If that's you here this morning, it's found by kneeling in faith and asking Jesus Christ to touch you this morning. And then if you're here and you are lost, I'm going to say this this morning. Do not care what other people think. I'm broken. I've made choices that I regret. I've done things in ways that I shouldn't have done them. I was filthy. And then one night I knelt down in my mom's van after my mom had told me about Christ. I said, Lord, forgive me. You know what he did. And if he forgave me, he will forgive you. Don't say, well, I'll do it next week. I'll wait till they sing two, two stanzas instead of one. I'll just wait till I get some things fixed first. Satan will do every way that he can talk you out of it this morning, but you won't find rest, true spiritual peace until you kneel at an altar and you say, Lord, forgive me. I'm telling you what, there will be people that come and they will pray with you, but just because they love you, and they know what asking Jesus Christ in their heart can do. And if someone else has another thought, they don't matter. Because it's only about your relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's leave here saying God is good. God has blessed me. God has saved me. And I'm going to thank him for it. So whatever your need is here today, would you come?